Welcome to Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 2, Episode 16, Chilohe, The Magical Islands. During rainy winter nights, the people of Chiloé, off the coast of Los Lagos region, carry out an old tradition each year. They sit around a fireplace and begin to tell children, or foreign visitors, about the different beliefs that make up the local mythology, which characterizes this magical island archipelago. The lakes and rivers, abundant forests, and a temperate rainy climate marked by fog and strong winds endow this southern island with very special conditions that stimulate its inhabitants into keeping the traditional beliefs alive. The importance of these popular legends has to do with the marked identity of the Chiloé, where traditions such as folkloric celebrations, handicrafts, typical cuisine, and rustic labor prevail, making it very different from continental Chile. These stories that make up the popular culture of the Chilean people, as well as their origins, have given rise to a considerable number of marketable products. There are films on the subject, books, comics, poems, songs, and a large variety of art and handicrafts inspired on these traditions. There is even a store dedicated to all the myths in one of the villages. The Chiloé Archipelago is a small collection of islands just off the coast of Chile's Lake District region. Famous for its UNESCO World Heritage wooden churches and for being the home of the modern potato, Chiloé remains a deeply traditional place with an abundance of traditions and myths that you won't find anywhere else in Chile. One of Chiloé's most important myths surrounds the existence of a ghostly ship that sails the seas around the islands in the dead of night. Some claim that the Caluche is crewed by lost sailors who return to live again aboard the airy vessel, whilst others are convinced that it's actually a sentient being that kidnaps hapless fishermen and sailors. The Caluche is also apparently used as a vessel for any number of witches and warlocks who visit the islands from time to time, and join in with a lively party that can be often heard aboard. Although not all accounts agree on exactly what the ship is for and who is on board, everyone can tell you that seeing it is not good news. Once you are in the forested areas of the island, one is cautioned to run if you see a truco. You'll know the truco if you come across him, he's less than a meter tall with a distorted face and stumps where his feet should be. This is one of Chilohe's more notorious mythical beings. He is known to live in hollow tree trunks or small caves and lives exclusively off the naranita fruits that resemble small oranges. In spite of his horrible appearance, the truco is irresistibly seductive and uses his magical gaze to cause anyone he comes across to fall instantly in love with him. The villagers believe that when a very young and single woman gets pregnant, it is the result of her encounter with the Truco. But the demon known as Truco is not alone. He has a companion, his wife, Fioro. Although Truco and Fioro are said to be quite ugly, 
This is no problem for either, as they have the power to present as a more alluring person to anyone they desire. Chuko is capable of being disguised as either a priest or someone of wealth. Regardless of his disguise or not, it is said that no woman can resist him. Chuko carries a small walking stick and a hatchet in order to ring against the tree trunks as an expression of his sexual prowess. When the mood strikes him, he will venture out in order to find a young to middle-aged woman. However, if he comes across a man, his gaze is said capable of killing that person, unless the man can get his own eyes on Truco unnoticed first, in which case Truco becomes that man's servant for a full year. If Truco finds a mate, he will impregnate them and send them on their way. Many pregnancies of single women in the smaller rural communities are blamed on the Truco. Now that is a convenient legend. Meanwhile, Fiora bathes in the local streams, after which she dons a garment of moss. She is said to be quite strong, though not as brave as her husband. Any noise will startle her and cause her to hide. But she is not without her powers, and if she chooses, she can charm lone woodcutters to her will. If the foolhardy should venture far from the forest paths and catch a glimpse of Fiora, they could be in for a shock. It is said looking at her will cause a person's hands and feet to deform. The only treatment for this infliction involves the juice of the Helhendon plant and a lot of whipping. George Chaworth Musters, a Briton who was the first European to travel in 1869 along the Patagonian steep between the Chilean settlement of Punta Arenas on the Strait of the Magellan to the Argentinian town of Carmen de Patagones, on the Rio Negro, wrote about it. He reported that his Chilean guide during the first part of his trip had told him about the Truco. He wrote, It is a fabulous creature, shaped like a wild man and covered with the fell course of shaggy hair. This non-description is said to descend from the impenetrable forest and attack the cattle on which it preys. All these descriptions coincide in portraying a small, aggressive, and wild human-like being that is very similar to other Patagonian dwarves, which are commonly seen in Chile's forests and mountain regions. But, if you happen to like the beach, you may encounter one of Chile's legendary beings that is often referenced to the likes of a mermaid. The Pincoya takes the form of a young and beautiful woman with flowing blonde hair who emerges from the depths of the ocean. Unlike a mermaid, the Pincoya has legs and uses them to dance along the Chiloé's beaches, dressed in a robe made of seaweed. In fact, the Pincoya is a benevolent creature of mythology and a symbol of fertility of the sea. If she is seen dancing with her back to the sea, facing the mountains, then seafood will be scarce. But if she dances facing the waves, the islands will enjoy a bountiful catch of seafood that year. The Pincoya is very much attached to another legend, the Kamahuto. This cross between a bull and a unicorn is said to spring from the very earth of Chiloé itself and is used as an example of how the archipelago's rivers and gullies are formed. 
The gray-green animal with a single horn begins its life underground in the hills near the sea, where it grows for around 30 years before suddenly bursting forth. It then races as fast as it can to the seashore, plowing through the hillside as it goes, creating rivers and valleys that change the landscape of the land. And there is yet another legend about the sea, El Chuchivilu. This word that alludes to an aquatic animal is very important to local mythology. Its figure has to do with the strange and sudden destruction of old fishing pens for which it is held responsible. Its appearance is a mix between a sea lion, snake, and a pig. Its image is associated with the lagoons or swamps that characterize the area. El Chuchivilu is also responsible for drowning children and swallowing them whole if they so decide to swim in the areas they aren't supposed to. And like we said earlier, the mythology of the land is attracting visitors interested in the history and the stories. One of the biggest, if hard to get to, attractions on Chiloé is the new art installation tapping into the island's indigenous mythology. Crafted by Marcelo Orellana Rivera, a Chilean woodcover and art professor from Santiago, this fascinating sculpture pays homage to the island's native culture as well as its abundant of natural forests, the source of the wood that made Chiloé's boats and churches famous. The art piece is called Mule de la Almas, the pier or dock of souls. The wooden sculpture refers to the beliefs of the Mapuche, who once occupied all of south-central Chile and parts of neighboring Argentina. Before decades of frontier warfare in the 1800s and reducing their territory, the Mapuche's sway extended as far south as northern Patagonian coastline. Today, their influence here is mostly felt in island folklore and place names. The legend animating the Dock of Souls is a spin-off of a more widespread Mapuche story, which tells of four whales who were actually four old women turned into fantastic sea creatures. Their job was to carry the souls of the dead over the sea into the afterlife. In the pre-Christian mythology of the Mapuche, the soul was believed to be a sort of spark from a universal soul. At birth, the individual soul became attached to the physical world, but after death, it soon dissolved back into the spark again. Chiloé's variant of this tale is slightly different. The local tale says that the temple Kahu was a cantankerous ferryman. Like his Greek counterpart, this mysterious guide carried the souls of the dead over water. And like Sharon, the South American psychopomp, he required a fee, especially if the dead wanted to bring their dogs and horses along to keep them company in the next life. This is the reason the Mapuche place small turquoise stones called lankas next to their dead to pay the ferryman's price. Punta Purillo is a spectacular setting for this myth. Here, the dead arrive from places inland, having to call out for the boatman, shouting, Balsero! Balsero! At least, that's if you died on land. If you died at sea, another supernatural sea creature, the Pinkoya that we spoke of before, will come to carry you away aboard a boat. You know, the Calahuche. Not everyone got to take this family's trip, though. 
like a scene out of Dante. Some of the souls were not wanted in the afterlife and left behind. The dead who got left behind had to linger on here in torment among the enormous cliffs, unable to find rest. The legend has it that their mournful voices sometimes swirl up from the waves along the rock faces, weeping in sorrow. The legend comes with a warning. If you hear these voices, never talk to one. Do that, and within a year, you'll come back to this spot as a lost soul and never leave. My name is Ryan Sprague. When I was 12 years old, I saw something in the sky that I couldn't explain. And I've been searching for answers ever since. And now, I want you to join me on that search. From the Antica Podcast Network, this is the Somewhere in the Skies podcast. Every week, I bring you the latest news about UFOs, the paranormal, esoterica, and just plain weird. With audio docs, special guest interviews, debates, and on-site investigations, you'll never look at these topics the same. We'll agree, we'll argue, we'll laugh, we'll cry, but most importantly, we'll try to find answers. Available now on all major podcast outlets or at somewhereintheskies.com. Remember, keep your feet on the ground, but never stop searching Somewhere in the Skies. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links, and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you, or someone you know, will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Madia Cupelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian von Ziegler.